Welcome to the Families of Character show. I'm your host, Jordan Langdon, and as a wife, mom, and licensed clinical social worker, you get practical parenting stories, research-based parenting solutions, and most of all, support. Lean in and let yourself be inspired and reminded of the gifts you have as a parent. Let's jump right in. Hey there, Jordan Langdon here with another episode for you parents. This is episode 26. Our podcast is still in its infancy. It's just 26 weeks old. Isn't it funny how as new parents, we often refer to our child's age in like weeks or months, even long after they've hit their first and second birthdays. I always love it when someone says, oh, he's 26 months. It's just so cute. In all seriousness, thank you for supporting our show. When you subscribe to the Families of Character show, listen, and then share these episodes with your family and friends, it helps us get our message out far and wide. So thanks for helping us expand our mission to help unite families and bring peace and joy back to the cellular level of society to the family. Okay, so this episode might be a little late if you're listening on the day it launched, just a few days after Thanksgiving. And the reason I say that is because you likely just spent time with your family or with your spouse's family or even close friends, and maybe this advice could have come in handy for you before Thanksgiving. But the good news is, you're probably able to recall that last get-together that you attended or hosted and how you felt when it was over, especially if that was just last week. So that'll serve you well with this episode. Maybe just take a quick moment to verbalize right now what that was for you. Was it Thanksgiving or Joe's wedding or Jen's bridal shower? When was the last time you got together with family or friends? Holidays and family celebrations or gatherings can be quite stressful when it comes to conversations and what to say when you haven't seen each other in months or sometimes even years. And there's all kinds of stuff that make interacting a bit tricky to navigate. For example, if there's alcohol involved, that can throw a wrench into the whole situation because what was once taboo to talk about could come flying out of someone's mouth, right? And then it's out there. What about if someone reveals something new or shocking or surprising? That can be tricky to navigate too. And how about when someone just kind of enjoys picking on you or picking a fight or needling about something sensitive to you, maybe even making fun of you or taking it overboard and making fun of something you did in your past. All of these nuances can make navigating conversations tricky. So keeping in mind how your last get together went, let's jump right into how to avoid family fights in the future and focus on what's most important. 
First of all, what's most important is coming together, right? I mean, we were all quarantined and isolated for like a huge chunk of the holidays over the past few years, and and we really couldn't get together with people the way we wanted to. So now that things have opened up and we've really missed the community of dining together and catching up, we want it to be enjoyable, right? So Getting together and being with one another in harmony is the goal. That being said, having meaningful conversations and being mindful not to judge others and pick fights are the objectives that will help us attain that goal of being together in harmony. And listen, if you disagree with me that being together in harmony is the goal. Why are you saying yes to gathering together with these people in the first place? What's your why for attending or hosting and inviting them? That's an honest question to ask yourself. And if you did say yes to an invitation to Christmas or New Year's or the 40th birthday party because you really do want to be together in harmony, even if it's just a small part of you, wouldn't it make most sense to focus on truly being present and enjoy yourself in the presence of those around you? I think so. Now, I do get it. Some of you are thinking, I never want to hang out with my in-laws or my spouse's co-workers or my own siblings for the holidays. Like, it's hard. But it's just a tradition we've kept up for years, so I can't say no. Well, you are an adult. And I'm going to give you permission to say no. You can say no, but you might choose not to. And if you choose not to, that's okay Sometimes we do things out of obligation or sacrifice for our spouse or friend. But even if that's the case, this episode is going to help you make the most of the time you spend with these folks and to go into it with a different mindset. It doesn't have to be a dreaded get-together. So I'm not going to tell you what most people would tell you about how to handle the holidays when it comes to conversations around the dinner table, which is all the don'ts, like just don't bring up politics. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about your relationship status, your children or lack thereof. Guys, to me, that's cheap advice. That's a plan of pure avoidance. The basic message there is just don't step on any landmines. Just be sure to avoid all those. Instead, I want to give you some solid advice that, let's say five years ago, I wanted to know myself. I want you to know how to engage your family in a genuine way where your focus is external versus internal. I want you to know how to politely disengage when Uncle Joe starts digging his claws in for a good long debate that you know won't end well. And I do want you to know how to lovingly decline to participate in certain topics if you'd like to, because that's okay too. The focus of this episode is about setting healthy boundaries with your family 
with an emphasis on being curious, being a listener, going on the hunt to learn something new about the people you are spending time with. In other words, I want you to know how to participate and truly lean in and be genuinely interested in the people you choose to spend your holidays with without judgment, without getting triggered to take a side or defend your position, because that's what usually happens when we are participating in the conversations about religion, politics, relationship status, healthcare decisions, kids, all of that, right? We're focused more on being right and defending our position than on the true connection itself. So let's do it. Let's take it completely different approach to the holidays, to family gatherings. Instead of going into the situation with our stance ready and our guard up with that sense of fear or dread, what if we went into it equipped with the best tools for engaging people and taking a genuine interest in their lives? Think about that for a minute. How might that make your holiday time more enjoyable? Would it be different from what you normally do, taking more of a listening approach rather than just showing up, waiting for someone to throw out a topic to discuss and then kind of taking a swing at it? Most of us do that. We just go to an event, kind of show up with our food and our gifts in tow and then jump in when conversations happen and then go to bed that night wondering, "Ah, did I put my foot in my mouth or not? Right? I mean, how often has this happened to you where you just go in with no plan at all and then are surprised by the way the conversations went or how an argument or a fight erupted? So does it sound crazy to you to have an intentional plan for managing conversations when you're attending a gathering? If it does, that's okay because this might be new for you. So just stay with me here. What if you didn't worry about what you were going to share and instead focused your effort solely around connecting with others to find out what's going on in their world, what's interesting to them these days? You could think about it like you're going on the hunt to find some new information about these people, not gossip and the juiciest, latest thing that's happened in their marriage or the gnarliest thing that's gone on with their children, but really truly go on the hunt to find out something you never knew about them, where they want to vacation, what career goals they're chasing, what it's actually like to shoot and skin a deer, right? If it's hunting season, find out what that's like. What's their biggest health struggle? What if you challenge yourself to make this next get-together an adventure where you are truly trying to walk in someone else's shoes, to walk away knowing more deeply what it would be like to lose your beloved pet of 13 years or to wait for the news from the doctor when you're waiting to find out if your cancer's back or what it was like to take five kids to Disney in 113 degree heat with their masks on. I mean, there are so many experiences we have had. And sharing those with someone else 
someone having an experience and sharing it with someone like you who is capable of validating their experience, entering into their feelings and emotions without judgment or without hijacking the conversation to make it about your trip to Disney or your latest health scare, that makes a person feel seen. It makes a lasting connection for them. It makes their feeling when they leave that gathering be one that's positive, that lingers, one that's not forgotten. You see, all of us want to be seen and known. I just listened to one of the best podcast episodes I've ever come across, hosted by Ed Milet. He just interviewed Kevin Hines, a gentleman who shared his story about jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge in an attempt to kill himself. And he talked about what the bus ride on the way to the bridge was like. He talked about hearing voices telling him he needed to die that particular day and the agonizing pain he was in, just hoping some human, some person on that bus witnessing him yelling back at the voices would have the courage to come over to him and tell him, it's okay, you're going to be all right. You don't have to do it. And he talks about how once he got to the bridge to jump, a woman approached him. And again, he hoped to be seen. He hoped that she would say something that would convince him that today he didn't have to die. But instead, she asked him, could you take a picture of me? And then she never said another word to him. He jumped. You see, most of us are very internally focused We are more consumed with what we need from an encounter or a relationship or a celebration. And in the meantime, there's someone right in front of us that just wants to be seen, wants to be heard, wants to be understood. And maybe the way they present themselves doesn't look like that's what they want, right? Maybe they are yelling nonsensical things that we can't relate to, or maybe that person is raising their voice, or maybe they're glaring at us as they're saying something, whatever. But the fact remains that intrinsically, inside of us, everyone wants to feel seen and known. Everyone, including your brother-in-law, your spouse's boss, your mother, your grumpy neighbor, maybe your spouse too. So how can we feel bad about going into a gathering with the mindset that we are going to see and know our company? We can't feel bad about that because by the time we leave, we are going to know more than we did before about each person we encountered. Isn't that what matters more than winning the debate with Uncle Joe or repeating our religious or political beliefs 13 times in attempt to change the minds and convince those people that are around us? Isn't loving people 
where they are, where they are, not where we are. Isn't that the key to connection and not fighting? Hey there, parents. Let's take a quick pause. If you're tired of crawling into bed at night, feeling like you failed your spouse and kids, are tired of running at the speed of light and feeling like you're nagging and yelling all the time, I've got a resource for you. Designed for busy families, just like yours, our Thriving Family Accelerator was created in direct response to seeing many couples struggle with the stress and demands of parenting while constantly feeling like they're failing. The truth is, you can be wildly in love with your spouse while raising kids, and you can enjoy a relationship with your kids where you're no longer nagging and yelling. Picture this. Love and connection are abundant in your marriage. You're parenting as a united team, and you're enjoying a true friendship with your spouse where you can laugh and kick back like old times. Are you ready to accelerate connection and unity in your marriage and family? Then join us for the next Thriving Family Accelerator from the comfort of your own home. Spots will sell out soon, so click the link in our show notes to sign up or go to our website, familiesofcharacter.com and click the shop tab. Now back to the episode. Now, to get a little practical, because we are only in control of ourselves and our own actions, it is important to have a game plan on how to respond when circumstances outside our control arise. So let's just take a quick look at some practical examples people have shared with me when it comes to engaging family and friends where there's some past history of arguing or blow up. So how do we handle these things? First of all, when a person engages you about a topic you're feeling uncomfortable with or you don't want to participate in, there are kind of two ways to handle it. Here's one way. First, you compliment the person about how well-versed they are in the topic and then politely excuse yourself from the conversation. Here's how that might sound. Uncle Joe, you might be one of the most knowledgeable people I know when it comes to politics, and I'm not really even comfortable contributing because politics just aren't my thing. Or you could say, because there's no way I can offer more than what you know. I'm interested in what you have to say, though, Uncle Joe. So in saying this, you're acknowledging you respect his body of knowledge. Now, notice I didn't say that you agree with his body of knowledge, but you acknowledge that he has gathered information and has a lot of information he'd like to share about his particular topic, politics. And that validates him. You also indicate you aren't interested in contributing to the conversation from your own opinion, but you are open to hearing his thoughts. This boundary helps indicate you will listen, but aren't going to debate. 
a second way of handling a topic you feel uncomfortable with or don't really want to engage in is to use a little self-deprecating humor. This is one of my favorite go-tos. I like to just laugh a little and say, man, you've known me for 20 years. You know I'm not up for going toe-to-toe on this topic. I'm here for the party. Or if you have been up for going toe-to-toe with people in the past and you've enjoyed debates or you've just found yourself tangled up in debates in the past, but you want to do it different this time, make a joke about that. Just say, I've given that up. That was the old me. I used to be feisty and up for a good debate, but man, I've retired that part of me. I'm good to just enjoy your company. You see, when people aren't afraid to be the butt of their own jokes or to poke fun at themselves a little bit, they come across as humble. And psychology research shows that humble people are attractive, empathetic, and apologetic. When you make fun of yourself, you appear to be friendly and real because you are. You show that you're not above other people. You make everyone around you feel superior, which is one of the main reasons they laugh. And since you are the target of your joke, you're not going to offend anyone either. So keep it light. Using a little self-deprecating humor will disarm the other person and you'll avoid conflict. Now, if you do want to be part of these sometimes controversial conversations, but aren't certain your message will be properly received, that people will understand your point of view, consider just asking some open-ended questions to get the other person to offer their point of view and try again to enter into their experience instead. Empathy goes a long way. Gathering information in order to increase your personal understanding of that person is kind and genuine. And arguing or debating at a family function will most definitely distract from the host and hostess or the guest of honor who's being celebrated if it's a party or a baby shower. You need to be prepared to be the person to set the boundary or take the high road so arguments don't ensue. In order to be prepared to act in a way that is in line with your conscience, doing what is good and right, let's take a look at some basic self-care tips to consider as well. Number one, limit yourself to one alcoholic drink. When you overdo alcohol, you end up saying things or even interpreting things that may be wrong, may get you into some trouble, end up with some guilt later on or some repairs that need to be made that wouldn't have to be made otherwise. So limit yourself on alcohol. Number two, avoid the temptation to stay up past midnight, all hours of the morning, and instead set some solid boundaries on what time you go to sleep at night. Understand that if you set that boundary, there are likely other adults in that home or that space that will follow suit and that are glad that you paved the way 
to a healthy boundary around the sleep schedule. So go to sleep at night at a decent hour to get rest. Number three is take breaks in the action. Go for a 15-minute walk, okay? Excuse yourself for a conversation to get up and help the host to set up or clean up. Take a nap with your baby without guilt. Number four, before you even go to the event, make a plan with your spouse or whoever you're riding with and then stick to that plan. If you are going to leave at eight, leave at eight. You decided on that particular time frame for a reason. So trust yourself, maintain your own integrity, be true to yourself and to your spouse or or your friend, whoever it is that you made that deal with, and leave when you plan to leave. Number five, be a helper. Final piece of advice on self-care. It's really hard to be engaged in a contentious debate or get your knickers in a wad or find yourself gossiping if you're running the trash out or washing the dishes or packaging up leftovers or helping people get their coats, right? Be a helper. Serving another is the highest form of love. Friends, when you're getting together with your family, your friends, your neighbors, choose love. Choose the high road. Go on the hunt for something new about a person. Be the one that helps someone be seen and heard. It'll save you from a fight and it may just save someone's life. Friends, if you aren't part of our parent community, please join us today. Go to Facebook and search The Thrive Community by Families of Character and be part of a community where we value raising kids who are happy, healthy, and successful. And I mean successful in loving and serving others and standing for what is right and good. And Also, be sure you're signed up to receive our weekly email newsletter. That's where you'll get access to free printables that help with things like setting healthy boundaries, communication, getting your kids to clean up after themselves, and many, many more. So go to familiesofcharacter.com to sign up today. And if you're looking for tools to help your kids gain some self-control with screen time or cell phone usage or You just want a pictorial checklist for your toddler in the morning to make their bed and brush their teeth and get dressed. Go to our shop at familiesofcharacter.com where you can download tools in an instant. Friends, I see you. You matter and your family matters. Enjoy getting to know more about each other. We'll see you next week.